you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. Now, you'll miss out on some things we think are pretty cool by not actually being in your pew or our pews or the church's pews. You're going to miss out on that intergenerational interaction, some expiring music, children at children's time. I think you said inspiring music, right? Yeah. It sounded like expiring music. (laughs) Shall we do this again? No, I think we should leave this in. Keep going. And there won't be any cookies. We had a peppermint party yesterday, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we did not have a peppermint party at my church yesterday, but we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home, working, maybe the snow called to you this weekend, whatever it was, maybe you were just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just ask that you would keep an open mind and an open heart. And we're serious about that open mind. You don't have to agree with us completely. You don't even have to agree with us slightly. We just want you to experience the mysterious loving force we know in the world as God as you consider this. So the scripture, Isaiah 11, Mm -hmm. has all of these weird animal pairings in it. Yes, it does. It has weird animal pairings. It has a leopard lying down with a goat. Yep. Perfect. It has that happens all the time. A wolf lying down with a lamb. Now, we've all seen the pictures of the lion and the lamb lying down together. Right. But those are those are not what Isaiah is talking about. I think those are both images of Jesus and we've gotten right. them confused. But there is no place in scripture where a lion lies down with a lamb. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a wolf. Right. Which is just a fun fact for your everyday life. There you go. The wolf and the lamb. We have lions eating hay. We have children playing with snakes, all of these weird pairings. And I said, before you get too judgy about all of these weird pairings in this idyllic scene, how many of you have sent a video on Facebook of an elephant and a dog who are best friends? (laughs) Totally. Like like this morning, I almost sent you a picture of a dog and a deer that are best friends. You know? And one person raised their hand and I said, Jesus knows when you're lying. And 15 more hands went up. (laughs) So... Jesus knows when you're lying. We are fascinated by odd animal pairings because it usually means that one of those animals has curbed an instinct. Yes. Like the dog is not killing the deer for food. Right. Or the elephant is not trampling the dog for being scary. Right. Or the cheetah and the dog are not attacking and fighting. They're playing. Right. Right somebody is curbing a bloodthirsty instinct. And I think one of the reasons we find it fascinating is because it's cute. Adorable. But one of the reasons is because we live in a world where it feels quite often like people are giving into their bloodthirsty instincts. And isn't it nice to see that it's possible not to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of wonder, could enemies that are human also be friends? And that seems like a big idea. So as we're talking about the house of God, the kingdom of God, what does it look like to come home for Christmas? It's this idea of peace. Now there's, you could push a vegetarianism agenda if you wanted to here, but, but what I really think is these are odd pairs. They are radical pairs because Isaiah is trying to make a point, which is that we are not sort of giving into our worst instincts. Right. Right. 
Then we jump to the gospel. And the gospel is John the Baptist, everybody's favorite reindeer. And <laughs> Reindeer? Reindeer. Oh. Because uh, he comes before, you know, the big Sin. Christmas thing. Okay. okay. So uh, John the Baptist is in the gospel of Matthew. And John the Baptist is a preacher who hangs out in the wilderness. And has crazy clothes. Wears some crazy clothes, eats some crazy food. And helps people to enter into this repentance thing. If you want to know more about repentance, seriously encourage you to check out Susan's Advent 2 sermon about what can't wait peace. There you go. He's helping people to change the way that they live their lives. Right. And he's doing this through baptism and he's doing this through preaching. He's doing this through all these ways. The Pharisees and the scribes show up. The religious authorities show up. And John the Baptist sees them and changes his sermon. Now... I said, you know, when you're a pastor and the bishop slips in the back door, sometimes you change the sermon. <laughs> and uh, the retired clergy in the room, and there were several of them this week, all started laughing. Right. And the other people, seeing the retired clergy laugh, also started laughing. Right. Because, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes what you're preaching about and what you think the bishop wants to hear you preach about might be two different things. Right. John the Baptist does not preach a sermon that he thinks the Pharisees and scribes will find more palatable. He takes he it preaches, up and the sermon that he thinks the Pharisees and the scribes need to hear for themselves. Right. Right. Because they're standing, you know, the, the, the assumption is that they're standing there observing this and claiming this because they're already there. Yeah. Versus being humans like the rest of us who are working on this process. And so he, he kind of aims at them. He calls them a brood of vipers and points out all of their foibles and flaws and things that he thinks they need to work on. Now, I don't know that this is a great tactic for most preachers these days. I think your attendance numbers would definitely suffer. I, I think so. I do remember a professor in seminary telling me that they preached anti-war for two years before they realized that there was nobody in the pews who disagreed with them or who had any power to change the war. <laughs> and so they thought they were preaching these radical messages of anti-war before they realized that nobody nope. there nobody there had to take a risk to hear that message. Right. Alexander White was a preacher uh, back in the day at the Free St. George Church in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. And he was famous for aiming his sermons at the people who were there. Ooh. And so they said, if you're going to go see Alexander White preach, you are literally taking your life into your hands. Wow. Because he will come for you. So so it's sort of like, ex like, like ex extreme church going? Yeah, the library is always open. <laughs> right? Uh, and so Alexander White was sort of famous for taking your life into your hands. And I went... Y'all, I'm, I'm not going to do that to you. And there was a big relief, sigh of relief? Not really. There was just sort of a... A titter? A, well, there was a pause and a waiting. And I said, but I, I encourage you to think about, do you even take a risk when you come to church? Mm. Are you worried about what the preacher is going to say? Or do you think you already know it and it'll just be entertaining and then we can go home? Great. And I am a fairly entertaining preacher, but you I are. try to do that in a way that helps people to engage with real stuff. Right. But... When you use humor, it's easy also to just slide over the real stuff and get to the next joke. Right. So I said, you know, I'm not going to start aiming at you in the pews. That's not what my vow of confidentiality means. But I do encourage you to think about, like, what are the risks that you take when you come into this room? Because right. if there's not a risk, then what's the point? Right. Right. And so I said, you know, what is keeping you from peace? Mm. What is keeping you? What would John the Baptist preach at you? What right. would Alexander White come for you about? And, you know, think about that yourself. I don't need to do that for you. Right. You know yourself better than I know you. What are the things? John the Baptist is out in the wilderness preaching about sin, preaching about repentance. And, you know, even outside of the church today, 
I don't think people really like to talk about sinner repentance, but they feel it. Mm, yeah, I you would know? agree with you. Totally. We, we feel it. We feel the effects of it mm-hmm. and we want to get rid of it. Right. And our and our typical way of getting rid of it is just to ignore it. To ignore it. Like a toothache. Maybe it will go away. Mm-hmm. When really it just means you're on your road to a root canal. Right. So John the Baptist is talking about how we need to change directions. And what are those things in ourselves that we need to strive to overcome? And one of the things is that the harder that we strive against something within ourselves, the more irritated, the more anxious, the more ashamed we tend to get. Yeah. And so I started to put together these two scriptures. We have the wolf and the lamb, and we have John the Baptist telling us to repent Mm -hmm. and what is keeping us from peace. And I'm beginning to wonder, what if the wolf and the leopard and the snake and the lion are not enemies outside of us. Ooh, yeah. What if they are the things inside of us that we spend all of our time battling? Oh, yeah. And what if there was a way that we could befriend them? Mm. What if there's a way that we could be kind, be compassionate to those needs that tend to act out until they get our attention? Yeah. What if we could find a way to pay attention to, like, not just what is the effect of my behavior... But what is the cause? What is the motivation? What am I trying to to need? What What is the need that I'm trying to fulfill? And is there a kinder way that I can greet that need? Yeah. Rather than forcing, rather than fighting. Maybe that snake is something in us. And maybe when we take our lives into our hands, mm-hmm. what we're asking ourselves to do is not just to come down on ourselves for sometimes getting it wrong, but to say, okay, why did I choose that? Yeah. What's the difference if I choose something different, if it doesn't fulfill the need that I that I had that made me choose this other thing, right? So it's sort of an, an invitation to be a bit more introspective. Yeah, and that's, a, that's an important part of the season. So in order to increase our peace, and Susan said so wisely, there is no peace without repentance, not because repentance makes you feel bad, but because repentance is generally inviting you to try to live into peace right. in a different way. I gave people a tool, and it's okay. a tool I've given before on the podcast. In fact, it's a tool I give my congregation fairly Wait. regularly. It's four times a year, maybe. Yeah. The examine of conscience. Yes. And so the examine of conscience is a way of paying attention to those places that are screaming out, the wolves and the asps and the leopards, mm-hmm. screaming out for attention that sometimes get us into trouble. Yeah. So I do a, my own version of the examine of conscience. Mm-hmm. It's two questions. Yeah. The first is... To invite yourself to just think about where and when you've been this week mm-hmm. or this day or this month or however often you do this. Where have I been? What have I been up to? And then within those moments, one of the times that you have felt the most joy, peace, hope, purpose, which another word for purpose is love, mm-hmm. right? One of the times when you have felt those things in your life mm-hmm. and gather them all up in your hands. Mm-hmm. And when you've done that, and I'm not going to leave a lot of time for it now, but when you've done that, simply say, thank you. Yeah. Um, it occurs to me that the secular language around this right now mm-hmm. is self-care. Yes. And how important, I mean, that's become like like a buzzword, like yeah. period in all the podcasts I listen to and, and things like that. But Yeah, the, but it's self-care beyond a pedicure. Right. But what I'm going to say is that... It's soul care. Yeah. Well, it's soul care, but... It's actually the root of what we're trying to get at with self-care. 
um, and all the lotions won't get you there until you get to this place where you you can look at more closely at what is motivating you, what is pulling at you, what is pushing you. What because, satisfies that and what need. Sa- and what satisfies those needs. Because my experience is, is that when you're not tending to those things, that's when we enter into sin. Well, and self-destruction. And because we're not paying attention. Because we're not paying attention. And those other things become easier. Mm-hmm. They seem to be quick fixes. They, right... And yet they're not. They just lead us deeper into to a dissatisfaction. Well, I said this is why we do work around the Enneagram, around mm-hmm. personality types. It's why we do, do did a 12-week series on addiction and recovery. It's right. because these are the things that bite us when we're not listening. Right. So the first one is, where do you feel the most joy, peace, hope, love, purpose? The second one is, where do you feel the most shame, anxiety, despair, or like you're spinning your wheels? Mm-hmm. And gather those things up in your hands too. And be kind to yourself. Yep. I'm not saying ignore the things like, oh, no. I'll just let myself off the hook for that. But I'll just toss them in the air. Notice. Yeah. Hold them for a moment. And then we say thank you for those things too. Because God doesn't only speak through the warm fuzzies. Right. God also speaks through the, have you noticed that this is broken and it needs healing? Have you noticed that you're striving here and it's you're not getting a good response? Have you noticed you're throwing your pearls before swine, Wine. so to speak? Yeah. Have you noticed that you are throwing all your effort at this thing and it's for nothing? Right. Maybe God is speaking in those moments too and inviting us to try and change our minds. Hmm. And so we also say thank you for those. Amen. So rather than coming down hard on ourselves, rather than getting out the whip, we can just say, okay, thanks. Yeah. You know? And then a gentle invitation to God to say, what, what do you know about those things that I need to know? Yeah. What can I learn? That's an examine of conscience. Jesus meets us in all of these spaces. The good ones, the hard ones, Jesus is there. Incarnation doesn't die with Jesus. It lives in us. And the good news is that it can live in us, but we got to be paying attention so that it can live in us fully. Yeah. Because otherwise it's sort of, and forgive me if children are listening, but it's a little half-assed. <laughs> and it's not going to work. Yeah. We're trying to lead us to build homes of peace together, the house of the Lord together. And so we make peace with our past and that's called repentance. Yeah. We make peace with our choices so that we can live into who we are, children of God, people of peace. And that's assurance. And we make peace with others and that's called justice. Yep. It's uh, love in public. And so how do we do that even better? And that is how peace happens, not simply by sitting still and oming for a while. Right. It's, it's really a lot more work than that. And it involves us actually paying attention to our lives. Yeah. So may peace and not the absence of conflict or sometimes the absence of trying be yours this Advent season. You have been listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. We thank you for that. If you have questions for us or stories relate, you know, reach out to us on the social media. Facebook, um, we're Sunday Morning Sleep In on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleep In at gmail.com, Sunday Morning Sleep In.com is our website where you can see all of our episodes and some connections sometimes. The, this sermon has been based on Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10, and Matthew 3, 1 through 12. The music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jasper the end of a podcast or a sermon or a service or whatever it's traditional for the priest to give a blessing i had somebody come up to me this week actually at church it was quite funny and asked me if i would bless something for their granddaughter the granddaughter goes to a catholic high school and is not catholic and does not want to be catholic 
but got a new car and wants the dangly thing that hangs from the rearview mirror to be <laughs> blessed in the car and doesn't want a Catholic priest to do it because they have this issue with Catholicism. I think Catholics are better at it than we are, but yeah. I said, sure, I'll bless this thing. I said, you know, it doesn't matter, right? And the woman goes, well, I know, but she has this, this kind of superstition around it. The thing is, everything you touch is blessed. Amen. And you are blessed. You're already blessed. You're already so loved by God and so cared for. Your well-being, your safety, all of that stuff, and more. Your growth into a person of peace. And so, this week, the blessing is just, may you pay attention to the places where you can show love, where you can keep growing, where you can listen to yourself with compassion and find ways to live into the world in peace. That's it. Amen.